When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the Leadership Strategist. Tonight's guest, international keynote speaker, author, and recording artist, Sir Charles Carey. Hey, what you drinking? Oh my, that's that's amazing, and you know, I, I just actually I just had a conversation with some students at the University of. North Texas and Dallas. And one of the messages that I tried to deliver for them is that I believe that everyone is designed to be the greatest in the world at something. Mm. And that has to be true. It has to be true. Back to what you were saying, there has to be a reason that uh, one person has had all of those experiences, that they have that level of education, that they have made those many mistakes there has to be a reason and it can't be so that you can make tons of money. There has to be some greater reason. And it's your task. It's, it's each of our tasks to find that thing that we were created to be the greatest in the world and step into that boldly so that you can celebrate being the greatest in the world because we're all interconnected. I, I need Sir Charles Carey to be great at what he was put here to do, because when he's great at that thing, then that gives me the permission, that gives me the example to find the thing that I was intended to be the greatest in the world at doing uh, and step into that boldly. You know, one of our mutual acquaintances who was also a guest on the show, Mr. Wyman Winbush, he, he talks about how we often think of life as a pie and everyone's out to get the largest share of the pie. And what I can take away from you is what I get to keep. And he says that that thinking is, is exactly backwards. It's not about increasing the share of the pie. It's about increasing the size of the pie so that not only do I get more, <laughs> but I help you get more. Right. So how, how does that work? And it seems to tie in very nicely with what you've been talking about relative to mindset and your use of mentors. Talk to me a little bit about how that analogy fits in with, with your mindset. I believe when I was a child, I spake as a child. You know, I acted as a child. I did so many childish things. But when I became a man, I put away those childish things. And I believe what Wayman speaks about goes to I guess, uh, align itself with wisdom, with growth, with the evolution. Nobody can get it all. 
you know, I can't get all the money uh, as a speaker. I can't get all the money as a singer. You know, I can't get it all whatever in whatever fashion. And my point is, you realize that if you're doing it for those reasons, for the, the, the celebrity, for the money, you're missing the mark. I know for a fact, for me, as it relates to speaking, it's not about the money. Now, of course, I want to maintain a lifestyle without question, but I don't go into this industry with the thoughts of trying to get more than someone else or get all of. I go into it because it's a passion. It's a desire. I enjoy the opportunity and I look at it as a responsibility. And it's the same thing with music. You know, it's an opportunity and a responsibility to deliver something worthwhile, something worthy of people's attention. And if I can't do that, I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm in the wrong arena and I haven't found out who I am or what it is that I'm supposed to do. That is amazing. I mean, talk about wisdom. That sounds like someone who has lived the experience. It's one thing, and, and you and I can tell when, when someone has read a book and the book has, has impacted them, and then all of a sudden they become a, a speaker talking about the book that they just read. Mm. Uh, and th- there's a place for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's a place for that. But boy, it's different when you can tell that someone has lived the experience. Life has grown me up. Life has taught me, man. I mean, the good, the bad, and the indifferent has taught me so many things that, you know, there was a time I remember I was trying to be Mr. Big and Bad, whatever, whatever. But I learned that's not me. So I learned to accept myself for who I really am. So if that's that I'm the shy, soft-spoken, sometimes insecure man or a young man that became an older man that realized you have to pick your spots, then I'm okay with that. I don't have to have the the most expensive suit. I don't have to have crowds of people running after me after every speaking engagement. That's great. But if I've reached someone, that's even better because it's not about the accolades and being lifted up. That's great. We all want and, and should be able to enjoy that. But it's really about being the difference maker, the game changer. And I'll take doing, I'll speak every week throughout the year without a single person coming to me, if I could just change the game for someone, even if I don't know who they are, because that's more important in knowing that I fulfilled my purpose for being there. I can't put it in any other way just to say that I am grateful. I really am. I mean, being a two-time cancer survivor, you know, I know that science and and technology and, and, and things of that nature have evolved and it may not be as detrimental but I wasn't promised that I was going to come out of that. So I say this to say, if you have a reason to be grateful, to be thankful, and to realize that, you know, there's some people that didn't wake up today, but you did. Honor that. Honor that. And do something with your time. Pre- appreciate it. Oh, my. I mean, just again, just more gospel. I mean, that, that sounds like something you have, you have learned. It's been well earned and you are also reminding me of a conversation that I had with the, come to find out, he is the wealthiest former NBA player in history. Mm. And uh, I happened to have a conversation with him. Uh, he said, I asked him, I said, you know, hey, look, how, how can, how could 
I have the kind of success that you're having now. And he said to me, literally, he said to me, Galen, I've learned that in order to have the kind of success that I'm having now, you've got to do what you love, not what you think you can make money doing. Mm. And his name is uh, Ulysses Bridgman. A lot of people know him by his nickname, Junior. So Junior Bridgman is the wealthiest former NBA player in history. And he didn't make all of his money from playing in the NBA. He is a multi, multi business owner. And his advice seems to marry with your advice that you've got to find that thing that you enjoy doing. And making money is nice. Having the accolade and having the fame, that's, that's, that's nice. There's a place for that. But you've got to make sure that you have what I call want to. Any of us can do anything that we have to do, right? There are all kinds of stories about mothers lifting lifting trucks uh, off of their babies, you know, which seemed impossible, but they had to do it. There was no other option, so they did it. They found a way to do it. But the question is, what's that thing that you want to do that you have burning inside of you so strong that it feels like a requirement that you do this and while you're doing it, you can't wait until the next opportunity to do it again. And to your point, even if you can't impact millions of people right now, you would be willing to impact one person a million times. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's just amazing that there's so many people that are lost. And I'm not even talking about homeless people. I'm not talking about people on drugs. It's just that they haven't discovered the wherewithal for thinking for themselves. And um, it's just amazing. I just wish that more people could really realize that there's more to them than just waking up, going to a job and coming home. We're so led by the media. We're so guided and manipulated. You know, I have a saying, came from my first program that I ever created called the three Ps of success. Find your pleasure. Find your passion. Find your purpose. Ah, uh, wait, wait, hold up, hold up, because people were listening and they they didn't realize that this was coming. So you got to hit them with those three P's again. Yeah, the three P's of success are simple. Find your pleasure, the thing that you really enjoy more than anything, the thing that you just oh man, I could I could do this all day. Find your passion. You're so appreciative to what you do that you can't help for being passionate. You think about it, the way you express it, the way you speak about it. If you're teaching it or showing other people, it just exudes out of your soul, your very essence. Your pleasure and your passion can be monetized. And most times, in my opinion, your pleasure and your passion can be and should be your purpose. Now, the thing about the three Ps there's so many different directions it may go in. And here's something I usually say to people when I do a keynote or something. Suppose you were to play for a team or want to play for a team and the coach says the roster is full. Well, you know, what would you do if the roster is full? People say, oh, I know I play for another team. I say, I suppose that roster is full. Oh, I, I, I'll, um, I'll, uh, oh, I'll start my own team. I said, well, you know, it costs a lot of money. What would you do? What next? Then you start to see their eyes rolling back and forth 
in their head because they're trying to figure out what would I do if the roster is full? And the answer is kind of simple to me, but it's not a common answer. They get stuck. And I say, well, what's wrong with being coach's assistant? What's wrong with being an assistant coach? What's wrong with being a sports journalist? What's wrong with sports therapy? What's wrong with being a mascot? And they look like, oh, those are five different positions that give you a different view of the game so that when your opportunity to get on the field or the court comes, you see the game entirely different perspective. So find your pleasure, find your passion, and find your purpose. Folks, you see what you're getting. You see the kind of folks I hang out with. You know, this is just another guy in my contact list, right? This is just, this is like everyday conversation with my friends. And, you know, which is a lesson, actually, because, you know, and and I said to this class I just spoke with, it is impossible for you to rise beyond the people that you hang out with. Mm. If you can't see beyond a certain point, how in the world can you aspire to be beyond what you can see? And, you know, Sir Charles, you are exactly what everyone and who everyone needs to have in their life. You need to have someone who is going to inspire you to want to be more, inspire you to want to stretch for those things that many people might believe are impossible. I think people are brilliant, honestly, but I think that we've been dumbed down with not thinking, uh, not stretching ourselves. It's great when you can have someone stretch you and you want them to stretch you mentally. It's great when you're an athlete or maybe even an artist and you are exposed to how you can become better. But the thing is, I think that people are brilliant because we have the answers. And I made a post about this last week. You're just one thought away from the answer. (laughs) Mm. But if you can't be still, you'll never get the answer. We have to value being still, value thinking, value quiet time. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I I have said a couple of times that I'm I'm a fan of not necessarily – uh, always feeling like I've got to be the one with all the answers, but am I the one asking the questions? Am I pursuing the right question? Because if you continue to pursue the right questions, eventually you will find the answer. Uh, you will stumble upon someone who has the answer or someone who has a piece of the answer or, uh, you know, the infinite might give you the answer. But yes. if, you're, if you're if you're not asking the question about how do I get better? How do I achieve this? How do I accomplish these goals? If you just submit to this idea, and I love the way you said that the media will absolutely dumb you down. Yeah. And, and, and the reason that the media will dumb you down is because that's how the media makes money. Yeah. You don't have to think. Just look. Just keep your eyes open and watch what we show you. And sooner or later, you'll try to mimic what you've seen. You will never have an original thought, but you can mimic everything you've seen. And if you listen to whiskey, jazz and leadership, if you're not careful, you just might learn something. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know, hey, so another another thing, uh, Sir Charles, that you're just not supposed to do 
you've had an incredible journey. You've built an incredible speaking career. You're not supposed to deviate from speaking to get back into the music business. That's just, that's, you're not supposed to do that. I know it's a (laughs) no-no. But here you go. Here you go. (laughs) I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I was watching YouTube one day because there's so much information we can get. And I, I saw... I believe it was Tito Jackson's sons. Yes, his sons have a group called the Three T's, and they were having a problem because they weren't getting along. You know, they hadn't written a song in years and years. And Tito shows up on the show, and one day he says, "Well, how many songs you've guys written since your last CD?" And they look at each other, and they had a very sad answer. I don't know if it was seven or ten songs. And I was listening to the music they were playing. I'm like, that sounds pretty decent. I looked over at my keyboard and I couldn't help it. I pulled out my keyboard. I started messing around. I said, oh, man, had some fresh ideas, upgraded some of my gear. Next thing you know, I'm back in the throes of a new project. And as as of now, I've got about seven songs, eight songs done, uh, ready to be mastered. I've got two new songs I really want to get done. I don't know if they're going to make the album or not, but um, I'm going to be getting uh, taking another look at them and seeing what I can come up with. And I'm really excited about it because I never thought that I would be, you know, making a CD at, you know, this point in my life. I just never thought I was going to be doing it. I don't know what I thought, but, you know, don't have any expectations. Just be guided by the source. That's what I say. Be guided by the source. Allow your intuitions and the spirit of discernment to let you know how to live your life. I'm excited about it though. You're like an old school dude, right? It's like, you know, when, when we ask you like your favorite musicians, it's like Earth, Wind & Fire, it's the Jacksons, it's the Whispers, groups that of a certain generation, you might not even know who they are. But those are some of the people that, that you list as being your favorites. Uh, but yet you've got the ability to carve out your own style. Yeah, man. And I'll be honest with you, I like, you know, some of the guys now, but I mean, Usher is good. And, you know, uh, Neil, I, I like their stuff, but I really haven't bought their material. Now I'll buy Kim. Kim is good. He's in he's in my lane. But um, yeah, I, I'm just ready to do it, man. I'm ready to get out there and, and make some noise. So now tell me, what what is it about Kim? Because there may be some listeners who aren't familiar with Kim. I'm absolutely familiar with anyone that can help me remember Al Jarreau. Anyone who's got those those kinds of skills, I'm I'm all in. But help me understand why Kim, because of, of the ones that you've listed, he's probably the one that people may not be as familiar with. Well, you know what? You're probably right. He's on Motown, the Motown label, but he's probably there, in my opinion, one of their top artists. Kim was a combination of soul and jazz, and he's done some stuff with Greg Porter. I mean, he's done a lot of duets with people that some of these female artists that are out now, I can't think of their names off the top of my head, but I like his style because he's smooth. He's rhythmic. Uh, he's got a nice soulful style. Him and Johnny Gill, I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, I don't know, man. Sometimes it's just the way a song comes across. I like rhythm. I like the beats. And I like a message. Today, a lot of songs don't really have a, a good or a true story. Mm. It's just, if you ask me, garbage to a beat. 
but uh, I'm doing my thing for the grown and sexy crowd. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing too about all the people that you just miss that you just list uh, listed that. And this is this is some advice that I heard from Marcus Miller, the bassist. One of my I wouldn't say idols, but one of the people that I watched very closely and actually met when I was really, really young uh, was a basketball player by the name of Wayman Tisdale. And Wayman Tisdale, not only was he an amazing college standout, he was an Olympian, uh, storied NBA career, uh, very similar to you at the at the height of his NBA career. When that was over, he said, OK, well, I'm going to become a jazz bassist and I'm going to actually record some albums and uh, I'm going to find a mentor. And my mentor is going to be Marcus Miller. And, you know, he went to Marcus Miller and just really soaked up, you know, humbled himself. He soaked up uh, all the learning. And one of the pieces of information and advice that he got from Marcus Miller is he said, you've got to have a sound that's so distinctive that at the first note, people recognize who you are. And all of the people that you listed, I can do that, right? One one word, I can tell that's Kim, right? One, One note, and I can tell that that's probably Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, yeah. Right? One One note, Maybe two, but usually one note, it's probably the Jacksons. No doubt. So that advice from Marcus Miller uh, seems to be ringing true for you as well, that how important is it to be distinctive, whether you're a speaker, whether you're a singing artist, how important is that distinction? I think distinction is is really important. The thing is, it's almost like your style, you know, as a speaker, right? Okay, you come out the age, you talk about the importance of leadership. Okay, great. How do you do that? Do you just talk about how important it is? Do you have illustrations? Do you have props? Do you reference books and movies? You know, I have created my own speaking style and it's the same thing with my music. My ad-libs, for instance, I may say something like, my, 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 right? I'll say it to a certain uh, way the music flows or, you know, whatever it is, it's a signature. And I think it is important because if it feels good, you want to emote that thing if you're a vocalist. And the same thing if you're a musician, you want to play with a certain riff, you want to play in a certain key. And, and as an entrepreneur in general, you know, you have a certain way of doing business. For instance, it's never any tax on your stuff, right? <laughs> whatever your thing is, you know? Always red, always blue, you know, always buy two, get one free, you know, create your own style. I I love it. So you're okay. So now you are another perfect person for me to ask this question uh, because I've had some pretty strong jazz aficionados on this podcast. Uh, If you double back and listen to my conversation with Eddie Becton, literally a jazz professor, If you listen to my conversation with Matt Wiggler, literally a jazz performer. I mean, he is classically trained, but he makes his living as a jazz performer. And uh, and I've asked both of them this question, and, and, and I'd love to get your take on it, too, because... I love jazz literally. I, I just I love jazz music, but for me, it's it's a metaphor for life. It's a metaphor for the fact that 
we have a direction, we have guardrails, we have milestones that we need to hit, but everything is, is not written out. You've got to use what's inside of you in order to bring the music alive. As a matter of fact, if you're playing jazz with any of the greats and you just play what's on the sheet, you might get run out of the room. Right, 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 right. And so my my question to you is, help me build this metaphor for jazz as it relates to leadership. Because... I see the similarities. The metaphor works for me, but I don't have a CD coming out. <laughs> so help me help me with that metaphor. Does it make sense? Yeah, you know, on, honestly, I'm, and I'm glad you're asking me because since this is an unscripted uh, show, and I'm always saying I like to shoot from the hip, here's a shoot from the hip answer. I think jazz is kind of like the wind, man. You know, it may blow one way and it may push you a little bit and you know, whether you're carrying an umbrella or not, you have to be able to know how to brace yourself for the force of the wind because it may be only pushing or blowing at five miles per hour. But if it starts blowing at seven miles per hour or changes direction, you may have to walk against the wind with a certain aggression. And if it's just mild and airy and refreshing, you have to be able to know that, okay, it's lightened up. So let me decide which way I want to flow. You see, jazz, and as you say, it's like life. Yeah, you can just do life, whatever that means to you, or you can flow with life. Uh, Bruce Lee says, you know, be like water, my friend, you know, be fluid, be able to change direction, maybe in a moment's notice. And many of us can't do that because we're so rigid. Now, I am at times very rigid. But within my being rigid, I know the truth is that you can't control everything all the time. And that sometimes being rigid or going against the or going against the grain, like going against the wind, the wind may be protecting you, even though it doesn't seem like it. But you have to have discernment to know, let me not go this way. Let me move in a different direction. Let me stand still or let me wait it out. Let me wait till the wind dies down. Because if you constantly go against the wind, as in going against life, you may find yourself in a position that's not really going to serve you very well. Whether that means a car coming that you don't see behind the bus, whether that means someone in the shadows getting ready to mug someone. So jazz is like life in so many ways. The way the notes fall, right? Is it a constant run? Are there rest? Is that run going to allow another soloist to come in? So it's so many ways you can look at it. But the biggest thing, which I probably should have started with, you have to know yourself. Mm. You have to know yourself. You know, I've, I've done a lot of research and, and I've watched a lot of documentaries on some of the jazz greats. And it's, to your point, they can absolutely identify riffs that are signature of particular artists. And they will absolutely run you out of town if they find that you're stealing someone else's riff. Mm -hmm. Very similar to the speaking business. I mean, one of the things that you and I were both a part of was the National Speakers Association. And they made it very, very clear that make sure you are not taking someone else's material because that's their signature. And it's really, really important. I mean, linking back to what you said about having your own signature, but stepping into it boldly. So I just really, really appreciate what you said. And you brought up one of my favorite people. 
You brought up one of my favorite people, so you know I can't let this slide. I, I knew he was going to catch that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about what this is because, you know, I talk a lot about uh, your invisible board of directors, and that's a concept straight out of the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And you have listed Jeff Bezos, Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, Muhammad Ali, and Bruce Lee as members of your board of directors. Tell me more about why these guys have a seat at your invisible board of directors table. Well, I'll start with the Lee brothers, Bruce and Muhammad. The reason they are on my list is because Bruce was heavy into philosophy in addition to his martial arts uh, prowess. And his way of life as it relates to martial arts, to me, was almost parallel with his philosophy. I don't think, especially as he got older, obviously before, way before his death, he was coming into his own as a human being, you know, not looking for the fight, but understanding the fight in life and the advantages, the pros and cons. Muhammad Ali, because of his courage to stand his ground and be willing to pay the price according to what the world says he should do and how he should be as a man. And I think those are qualities that we all should have, especially African-American men. And I say especially because this is not just an unprecedented time where we're having uh, difficulties in life, but I think there's a time that we should be able to be respected more for what we have to offer the world. And unfortunately, so many of us don't know what we have to offer. Wayne Dyer, I love his approach as it relates to teaching. I would like relate that to training, training and teaching. Um, such a practical, conversational approach, which is why I've been seem like a cross between uh, Les Brown and Wayne Dyer, because I'm not one of those speakers that's going to do a whole lot of acrobatics and screaming. And yep, that's just not my style. That's not me. That's Eric Thomas and, you know, Della Toro and all those kind of, that's not me. You know, I can take elements of that, but that's not me. So Wayne Dyer is very practical, very conversational, but very wise in his teaching. Jeff Bezos, because of his intellectual approach with building his business, I just think there's going to be something in an automated fashion sooner or later, and I want to be the one to discover it, that can help the speaking industry be viewed from a different approach. And maybe the pandemic is making us see that now through technology. Tony Robbins, because I like the bigness of how he comes across when he's sharing a message. And it's really, uh, he's built a business that's to me, a speaker's dream. I mean, he's got the retreats, he's got the trainings, he's got the coaching sessions, he's got the CDs, he's got the DVDs, he's got all this stuff. And for me, in my life, all those men would be a great balance, even as I look at the musical side of my life. You brought back something that we talked about before, uh, which I really admire about you. You, you said, you know, hey, look, I, I really admire Les Brown, but I'm not trying to be Les Brown. I really admire uh, Del Toro McNeil, uh, actually l one of your mentors, right? You, you've attended some training by him, but yep. you're like, that's not who I am. I can take pieces, but as Miles Davis said, sometimes you got to play a long time to learn how to play like yourself. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how you're able to do that? How are you able to 
appreciate and uh, study all of these amazing people that are farther down the road, but and borrow pieces from them without losing your identity, without losing your style. Because, you know, I want to tell one quick story about a, a conversation I had with another one of your mentors, uh, Dr. Willie Jolly. Uh, you know, I actually had a conversation with him and I said, you know, hey, look, I, I, I want to thank you. And I don't even know that you know who I am, but I heard you speak when I was in the process of trying to become the next Les Brown. And I was trying to become the next Eric Thomas. And I heard you speak and you gave this message about finding your own voice. And no matter how good you are at becoming an imitation, you will only ever be an imitation. And at that point, that changed the trajectory of what I then began trying to do. And so my question to you is, how have you been able to study all these amazing people, borrow from them those things that would benefit you without losing your identity? You know, the funny thing is, I'll take Del Toro, for example. I didn't realize at a time we both worked for the same company, of course, at different periods of time. I didn't realize in the beginning that he also had aspirations to sing as I continued to do that. I didn't know that, um, of course, that we were both being mentored by uh, Willie Jolly at a certain point. Of course, I found out. So we had so many things in common. Then we go to Willie. Willie started speaking because he lost his job as a singer with his band, right? So I'm saying all this to say is that you can have so many things in common with other people, but it still doesn't, doesn't mean you have to be like them and you can still carve out your own niche. Now, I'm in between... Willie and Del Toro age-wise. So the key is, if we were brothers, literally blood brothers, it doesn't mean we're going to speak the same, like the same type of women, want to drive the same types of cars. And that's okay. You know, if you have a talent that you're not able to use because they didn't do it back then, does that mean you shouldn't do it now? Or they won't do it in the future? Maybe, maybe not. To thine own self be true. Now, I know you have to learn some kind, some way, some shape, form, or fashion. You have to learn. So I think a lot of times we do things copying people, and then we find out, uh, maybe I really should do something different. And how do you find that out? Because someone says that you're trying to be someone else, or you find that out because it doesn't feel comfortable. Again, it goes back to you have to know who you are. You know, I mean, I had a best friend, beautiful voice, sing me under the table, had no interest in singing. And I just could not understand that. My best friend, we sang all the time, but it was never available. Don't you know when I got a chance to get these two guys to commit to doing a show with me, I could not believe it. I was so excited. I was like about to burst. And then the promoters canceled the show. So it never came to be. <laughs> wow. Oh. But here I am. Well, man, you you are absolutely doing it. You are a role model to so many. You are changing so many lives. Uh, man, I, I'll tell you, let's close down this conversation. And I'd like to see if I can pull you into the VIP room for you know just some more of this incredible inspiration. Tell more of your story and, and, and how this connects to uh, not only what you have done in the past, but what you're doing right now. 
because you you just continue to do all of these things that that most of us would say just to do one of them is impossible, but you're doing them. So uh, I, I just really appreciate the friendship that we've created yes, sir. and the fact that you're in my contact list and you're, and on, you're, my, <laughs> you're on my text stream, man. It's like, uh, you know, if I've got a question about anything, I, I know that you're one of the people that I can call and I just really appreciate that. So any final words as we, as we, as we leave this general session and we move into the VIP room, any final words? Not at this time, man. I would hope that, Maybe later in the season, I could add some value if needed. I have another commitment, so I overextended myself. I apologize, but I, um, I'm just excited, man. I'm just, I'm just excited for the opportunity. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Yes, sir. Cheers. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.